0: Get rich quick, seven-figure revenue tips, overnight millionaire. If you're looking for that stuff, you're actually listening to the wrong podcast, but I'm still going to tell you how to create wealth as a gym owner. Today on Run A Profitable Gym, we're going to talk about the unsexy approach to building income. I'm not going to try to sell you on my secret wealth-building formula, and my guest doesn't have any hot crypto tips that I know of. But if you listen, you're going to find out how gym owners can increase income and net worth and even become millionaires. That does happen regularly. 2Rain has actually certified 43 millionaires and counting. First, stats. I always give you hard data on this show. Two Brain's most recent leaderboard tracked net owner benefit. That's It, it was over three months, so these aren't one-hit wonders. This is a three-month average. It's salary, dividends, whatever else your gym pays for. That could be your car or a phone or whatever. Our top 10 ran from 16000 to $59,000. Now, remember, that isn't gross revenue. That's what the gym owner actually earned per month. Those are great numbers. We're going to dig into them today. How do gym owners do it? Well, my guest is going to tell you. His name is Nick Beal. He runs CrossFit Casco Bay. There are two locations, and uh, one of them is in Portland, Maine, not Oregon. It's on the other side. So, Nick, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing wonderful, and I'm really excited to chat with you about this. So, I'm just going to jump right in so gym owners get some of the info that they need before the show. I read that your success generating income comes from like the unsexy stuff and doing it consistently. What do you mean by that? What's unsexy stuff?
1: Yeah, I think I think that comment really comes from uh, the things we learn in the gym when our members bring those uh, Instagram posts in and they're like, hey, I want to do this workout. <laughs> and and you're just like, that's not going to help you. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to stick with the basics. What I mean by that from a gym perspective, uh, we really just. Know our numbers. We we have our systems in place. We stick to them. When that shiny object comes up that we see on Instagram, of like, oh, that's a cool idea. Let's do it. Just remembering that, uh, you know, sticking to your day to day systems is what's gonna, you know, get that compounding effect of growth.
0: And it's funny because that doesn't fire you up. You're like, oh, I gotta invest in crypto and I gotta do this thing and I gotta whatever yeah. buy this building. But I just talked to Chris Cooper actually right before the show. We talked about building wealth as gym owner and that mm-hmm. slow, steady approach actually works way better. And like the flash in the pan stuff, it's always too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Tell me about a couple of the shiny objects that might have tempted you. You mentioned like seeing some stuff that maybe would have taken you off that slow and steady path. What are some of the shiny objects that pop up for you?
1: I mean, I think as a gym owner and an like any anybody that owns their own business, you're, you're, there's always ideas and thoughts that come in your head that you of th- things you can think you can do. I mean, it's natural for us to, you know, have an idea and want to run with it but we got to stick with just a few of them some some examples i mean you, it's just like you know hey you know running you know try, trying to run flashy promos all the time mm-hmm. discounts like how, how am i gonna get 50 new members next month that'd be awesome it's like well you know 50 members in a month hey maybe it happens awesome if you do it but over over time i found it's like hey how do i just make sure that i'm netting you know two to three you know and over time as you're doing it long enough that adds up quite a bit
0: yeah. And my, my, my personal story on that is we ran a six week challenge. The first time we did it, we mm-hmm. acquired, it was like, I think it was like 35 or 40 members. We had a really huge month in the gym. I think it was our all time record that we've never surpassed. Uh, most of those people left after the six yeah. weeks or even yeah. before the six weeks yeah. were done. Yeah. They were long gone, never to be heard from again. They were on to the next thing. And that was a yes. failure on our part to retain them. But it was also one of those things where we sold them a six week challenge. And when they were done. They were done. But then I've talked to other gym owners like you where they're adding two or three members net per month. They're retaining them for about two years and they're charging in the range of like $300 per member or something like that. That's how you build these incredible businesses. Does that kind of describe what you're doing?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And so you're always taking an effect in this situation of, of, you know, what is it, what is 30 new members going to do to your gym? You know, the people that are already there, your, 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 you know, your, your foundational base members. If you're, changing up the product now and they have, you know, double the amount of people in their class that kind of shifts up the product that they signed up for. So, um, a slow steady approach usually allows for a, a nice progression into, uh, into the end of the change.
0: Tell me a little bit about your business. You said you've got two locations. Tell me a little bit about what you sell specifically. If you've got any stats, do you want to toss out about like, you know, members or average revenue per member, anything you're comfortable sharing, give us the rundown of what your operation does.
1: Yeah, our bread and butter is group class. We, we were a CrossFit gym through and through. And I really, we, we had um, always done a little bit of personal training, like we do nutrition. We really didn't start diversifying our product offerings until we started working with Two Brain. And now we've integrated into, you know, kind of almost building a secondary business within our business. It's how, how do we work our, our personal training and our semi-privates into uh, our day-to-day? Is really been the focus of our, our past year of growth. Um, we came in, you know, with group classes taking care of us. Like we were, we were doing very well. And the addition of personal training and semi-private has kind of, you know, propelled us into that that next bracket of of income. So that's kind of the the structure of the offerings that we have um and you know, kind of the phase, how we phase them in.
0: Yeah. And you said two locations. How long have you had both of those?
1: Yeah, I purchased my first gym in 2014. Um that's the port that's the Portland location. And then I was uh lucky enough to to purchase the second one in 2019, right before uh right before 2020. So that was a <laughs> fun adventure.
0: I bet. I bet. And did I hear that you actually have one of your buildings? You've acquired one of your buildings.
1: Yeah, it was a uh a fun two year process that uh <laughs> finally panned out uh last Tuesday, actually. Oh, congrats. So- yeah, yeah. So now we have uh, the fun project of repositioning the property because it has some uh, residential units within it that we can, uh, we can, Ooh. you know, yeah, tap into. So
0: okay, uh, so that's super interesting. I bet all the fun yeah. was involving lawyers and zoning and all the other things. I'm sure, right?
1: Yeah, and then involving municipalities, which is always fun when you get the government involved. Um, yeah, yeah. There was uh, some discrepancies on boundary lines of who owned what. So uh, when you start learning how to read, uh. Old English deeds from the eighteen hundreds. Oh, it's oh. uh you you don't you don't think that owning a gym you're gonna have to start kind of diving into that stuff, but you know Did you actually
0: have to is that what it got to like eighteen hundreds deeds?
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Herein and there forth and all these different, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> twelve term- uh,
0: cattle yeah. delivered on the first of every month oh, yeah. to the like- know,
1: <laughs> and I'm trying to find granite <laughs> pegs within the in the parking lot and you know, really? it's uh oh it was uh it was an adventure, but wow,
0: uh, that's a cool be, main story. Yeah
1: we were persistent and we, we figured it out.
0: I like that. That's interesting. I mean, that's great. I, I've never been to Maine, but I love the East coast of the U S and there's some cool mm-hmm. stories up in there. So I love the granite pegs in the parking lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we, we acquired a property that was, um, once part of four different properties so uh, when it got broken up and split up, there's paper roads and all these weird things we had to account for. So, um, but no, we were, we were persistent and we, you know, made sure we, uh, had a a home for our gym for the next, you know, however long I want to keep it.
0: (laughs) That's pretty cool. And that building, like, you know, one of Chris Cooper's strategies is is to buy and hold real estate. Uh, That building, if you decide, let's say I want to sell the gym, you sell the gym, it, that, you know business still pays you rent if you want you could rent it out to something else you can pass this on to the kids and they'll get rent buying a building is an interesting way to create and grow net worth and a lot of gym owners have done that it doesn't work in every part of the country uh las vegas real estate is probably out on you know crazy price that you maybe don't want to get into that necessarily but it is one strategy talk to me a little bit about your net worth or sorry not what net worth but mm-hmm. net owner benefit how has that changed over time like you know, when I started as a gym owner, my net owner benefit was zero. And for a long time, it stayed at zero because it was a bad hobby. And then eventually when I started working with Turane, it started to go up. Talk to me about how your numbers changed.
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of goes right back to the beginning of our conversation of how it's been slow and steady. I remember Mm -hmm. when I first bought the gym and I was working another job and and I wasn't taking any money out of business. What Um, did you do? I worked at an advertising agency okay uh, cool yeah yeah so i was an account manager working uh as a uh, middleman between the company the and our and our company so okay. just dealt with everybody's problems mm. got me got me ready to own a gym but the uh no uh we uh so i was i was in the advertising world and then slowly transitioned into owning uh uh, or doing the gym full-time. And, and it was just year after year, I've just focused on trying to continuously grow the gym in a way that with the growth, my net owner benefits growing as well. And I was fortunate enough to have some systems set up in the beginning that it, it kind of was, you know, I wasn't just making more money and pushing it out the door. It's like my my pie grew and in, in the in the percentages were in the, right, in the right spot.
0: Okay. And, you know, Lister's one of the things that often happens when gym owners get more revenue is they don't pay themselves in an odd way, we decide to buy uh, salt bikes and ski ergs and sandbags and maybe a new sign for the building and then some other stuff, renovations. That's all good, but you deserve to get compensated from your business for all the work you put in. And so one of the things, uh, profit first is a really interesting strategy. Uh, John Briggs wrote profit first for micro gyms. A lot of that is paying yourself first because if you don't eat, your client, it's in your staff aren't going to eat either. And so protecting some of that income for yourself is a really important thing. When you were, when you were growing this number, were there any big milestones like you said it was slow and steady, but was there anything that like you could look back on and say, ah, that was a thing that really had some downstream effects or was it just that slow, steady snowball building over time?
1: Yeah, honestly, I I don't, I can't point to like, Hey, that was the one thing that did it. Yeah, It would, uh. I think it'll be alive. I was like, "Hey, this is the secret to it." It was really just mm-hmm. doing everything right and continuously making improvements along the way. We're always, like I said, we like when we talked about, "Hey, we're always doing the unsexy things, and we're just consistently doing it." It's like, well, we're always assessing those those systems. Um, we're always looking at each week. We start off our week by looking at, "Hey, these are the numbers from last week." And then extrapolating kind of like, hey, well, you know, why were our leads down this much? Why were, you know, um, why was our conversion only here? And like seeing where we can make some improvements um, and tinkering with it along the way. So we have our systems in place, but they're not done. They're never done. So we're always looking and say, how do we make the things that we have in place a, a little better? And by continuously making the product a little better over time, we found that it translated into the into that growth.
0: So I'll point it out for you. You just summarized it. But the major thing that you did to increase your net owner benefit over time, the big milestone was deciding to be consistent about your business. Mm-hmm. And that's just doing it over and over again, because a lot of people aren't. We like get crazy about something, go over there, do this thing, push through it, and then go to the next thing and then try Facebook ads for a little while, then try chat GPT and just get crazy and going from thing to thing to thing and never you know, dedicating yourself to that consistency. And that's what really, when I talk to gym owners who really do well, it's always that firm foundation and then a commitment to like always shoring it up, building a little bit higher, shoring up the foundation a little bit higher, a little bit higher. And then they get these gigantic pyramids of businesses that are incredible and they're always rising. But I never see these rocket ships of where it's like all of a sudden I've got 500 members and I'm <laughs> wealthy. It's never that. It's always something that's very consistent. So gym owners, if you're out there, it's 1% improvement every day. Do something to grow your business every day. Chris Cooper's written about this many times. Just do something. Take action. A mentor can certainly help you do that. Nick, tell me a little bit about, if you're comfortable sharing anything, what is your net owner benefit strategy? Do you just pay yourself a straight salary or is some other stuff that Jim keeps in? Or how do you go operate about that?
1: Yeah. So I do a kind of a monthly draw. I have a number that I, I like to make sure that I take out of the business. But really what I try to do is I, I maintain a... My account to a place where it holds a certain amount of cash, just to always make sure the business has what it is. But from there, I just extract any profits out month to month, <laughs> um, knowing that if I ever need to put money back in, it's 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 all from the same place anyway. So. Um uh you know it kind of my thought is i keep i keep a certain amount that i like to have in in the mm-hmm. account to to handle business operations and then and then the rest i utilize to invest into other areas i do run as much as my account allows me to through the business as i led into knowing i was going to be purchasing the building i did change that strategy up some obviously because we want to show as much income as possible coming or profit coming from the business so that way I had as much buying power as possible, right. um, but now going out of like, Hey, I won't have any large purchases through the gym. I'll probably change that up a little bit to, you know, take care of the tax burden. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really a, uh, you know, it's really just a monthly draw. Keep it very simple.
0: Listeners, there are creative and legal ways to pay yourself. Talk to an accountant if you don't know how to do it and you don't know what to do to, take, to tick all the boxes for the government and also minimize your tax burden. Do talk to someone about that so that you can find out how you can cover your bases and earn, keep as much as you can. So there's lots of ways that gym owners do it. Some people pay themselves straight salaries. Other people have all sorts of webs of corporations and transfers and things like that. It all works. But if you don't know how to do it, talk to someone who can help you with that. Uh, so, Nick, the next thing I want to ask you is… How does a mentor help you with the consistency and building that net owner benefit? Because again, when I was, you know, without a mentor, I would just do some stuff, do some stuff and kind of randomly running around. I didn't have someone to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, get back to this thing. You should maybe fix your on-ramp first before you start looking at Facebook ads, that kind of stuff. How has a mentor helped you build this number over time?
1: Yeah, I think it's just the um, the accountability piece, just like what we do for our, for our athletes. They're checking in. They aren't, you know, you'll find moving along through this, not, there's no revolutionary ideas, um, like beyond, you know, you know, the first aha moments that you have Mm -hmm. within your journey. Um, but once you kind of figure that out, it's just, it's just keeping the blinders on of like, Hey, we're focusing on this until our next meeting. We're not focusing on these five things. Let's focus it down to these actual things so you can make an impact. So I think that's where I find, I find benefit out of utilizing a mentor is just the, Oh, i gotta check in with my mentor i don't want to be the guy that didn't do his homework i can't say that i haven't you know every now and again had that happen but uh knowing that i have to have that meeting and that accountability you know, i i find that very beneficial
0: who are you working with right now who's the mentor
1: ryan mcfadden ah uh-huh. yeah
0: he is a good one
1: yeah he, he does a good job he's been uh it's uh it's it's been helpful i mean beyond the accountability it's also just you know being a gym owner can be lonely at times in regards to like our problems are feel unique. However, there's a lot of us out there sort of just feel bounce around ideas mm-hmm. and, and you know, pain points, um, even even things that, you know, were a great success that you want to share with them, Um mm-hmm. you know. Sounds like, you know, you have like a little bit of a therapist there. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: just it. And that therapist also is going to give you some very, you know, interesting insight into like, do this thing right now. And that's the benefit of it. listeners. If you're yeah. up there and, you know, you know that there's something in your gym, you probably have a list of stuff. I really know that I should do all this stuff, but you don't know where to start on that list. A mentor can look at the list and say, this thing right here is going to give you the greatest return on your time and investment and move your business forward the furthest. You should do it right now. And I'm going to tell you to do it. And then I'm going to call you in a week to see if you did it. And I'm going to call you a week after that. And on our next call, if you didn't do it, I'm going to really remind you to do it. And again, it sounds like hounding, but that's what's needed for a lot of people to move forward. There are other people who don't need that hounding and they just mow stuff down. I've talked to some gym owners who like, they're just like focused on a list. The mentor sets out the list and these people just plow through the stuff and just checking boxes like maniacs. And it does incredible stuff for the business. Others require a little bit of prodding and that's cool too, because it all gets done. So that's, there's different paths. We have different mentors. Some will be more abrupt with you and some will be much more, uh, I don't know, empathetic and, and, you know, some won't use the word coddling, but they'll certainly lead you along and give you what you need. But that's the idea behind the whole process, finding out what needs to be done, then helping you find the way to do it. So Nick, give me this gym owners who aren't earning a lot from their gym yet. What's a top piece of advice that you would give them just step one in like getting more net owner benefit from their business?
1: I would say just get those systems in place. It it, it has a compounding effect. If you get the if you get the systems in place and it just kind of the, the wheels are turning on without you having to do every little task yourself. And even if you are at the point where you are doing all the systems yourself, it just allows you to, you know, have a process so that way there's a there's a funnel to how everything is done. If you're constantly reinventing the wheel each time that some a new task comes in and you're you're doing, you know, something that's the same over and over but you're doing it a different way each time, you only have so much time in the day. So I found that having the systems and then kind of refining them along the way is, has helped for that exponential growth.
0: It makes a lot of sense because as sort of a hobby gym owner, as I was back in the twenty you 2013, know, 14 range, I would just do it myself or I would just say, oh, it takes too long to write this down. I'm just going to do it, whatever. And it took me like five years of doing that to realize that if I just write down the process and it'll take 10 minutes and hand it to someone, it gets done and I can do something else, which is like sales, marketing. Growing the business, improving the client experience, all those different things. What, what's like a system that you would build first?
1: System I think I would build first is is you know how are you developing your leads? You know the life ah, the life the, the, the life the lifeblood of your gym. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you need to have a great product. However, you know even if you have a great product, if no one's showing up, it, it's you know not not going to be a, a very uh, a sustainable business model. So find a way to get them in the door, and and not only that how are you going to hold on to them as members? What's that, what's that, you know, um, member life cycle look like.
0: Intake and retention stuff that almost was never talked about a decade ago. It was just like be a good coach and they'll show up. It doesn't work like that. You actually have to market, get people in the door and then you have to work at retaining them, which is, you know, retention is actually sales over and over and over again. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll ask you a quick advice question off topic. Where do you get your leads from? What's, what's your biggest source?
1: I mean, the majority of ours just literally come in through, Hey, how'd you find us? And they're like, Google,
0: Okay, that's uh, cool. So you got some I, SEO. Um,
1: yeah, we, when I took over our gym, we were uh, fifth in the SEO in our area. So mm-hmm. we'd be like way down. We were below a gym that had been closed for two years. <laughs> so, so I was like, wow, this is, this is not good. Cause I, I mean, <laughs> I know how I find a business. I, I Google it. It's, if I know nothing about the industry. Yeah. And it's like, hey, are you number one or two? Which one has the better website? You know, read a little bit about them, ask some questions because most people are coming in and in, in uneducated about what we do. So mm-hmm. I plowed a lot of resources into making our SEO better. And, and so really we're trying to make sure that we're just the first thing that people see, and then that way we capture them and do our job, right? Even if we, you know, it, it, we, they'll show up and find out that we are still the best service available.
0: That's just a little, a little thing guys. It's like okay, it's not sexy to work on my website SEO, but it has huge, huge downstream effects if you can be Google page one for your area with local SEO, right? Like you're not going to win fitness, Nike or whoever else will have that one locked down. But like if someone searches for best gym in Portland, or uh, Portland, Maine, Casco Bay is probably going to come up or at least be on that page, I'm guessing. And you've done the work to do that. So again, that's the unsexy stuff, but it pays off big time. Tell me a similar question. You've got a gym owner who's like, you know, starting to get to that $100,000 net owner benefit range, starting to feel like the gym is stable and profitable. What tip would you give that gym owner to get to the next level? You talked about leveling up and getting that to the next yeah. tier. What could that person do?
1: I mean, well, I, th- I think once you get to the $100,000, it, it hits the point of like, okay, now how do I take care of my other people? And and that that's kind of the phase that we also kicked into into the beginning of this um, mentorship process as well as, you know, once you've taken care of yourself, how do you start taking care of your employees? And then then that that really is what propels you into that next phase is, you know, you start having some employees that are making a career out of this rather than uh-huh. just a job. And then their growth, you know, if you, if you have your system set up right as they grow, it's growing your business and the pie is growing for everybody. Um, so that really, I would think would be the next phase.
0: Yeah, and it's really, it's more important than people think with staff development because once you make a good income, you know, if you drive your income up, you know, way, way, way higher and your staff is only making 25 grand, the staff aren't, they won't stay. And then you're right back to you in that hamster wheel of like, intaking new people training them and then they they quit or get fired and then you got to keep going through that you can't actually build a business whereas I've talked to gym owners at your level uh they have three or four great staff members they'll tell me their staff members are making 75 80 you know 90 thousand dollars a year with benefits which is great those staff members are then incentivized to stay at the gym to stay at the business build it run it and the owner can then start doing other stuff saying oh you know what I want to work in I want to invest in real estate I want to open an Airbnb I want to pursue crypto whatever it might be, but the owner then has that time and flexibility to do it, but it comes from building a great staff. I'll ask you as an associated question, what kind of staff do you have? Do you have a whole bunch of full-time people, part-time people? What have you got there?
1: Yeah, I have uh, three full-time staff members. Um, yeah. And then we utilize um, part-time coaches you know, mm-hmm. uh, as well. But um, the majority of our businesses run through our full-time staff in regards to operational um, day-to-day activities, and then they have a certain amount of class load that they handle as well. Mm-hmm. But I've found that as we've transitioned out into more full-time employees, the product has has become better. And then mm-hmm. you know, just like we said before, of like, hey, taking care of those people, uh, at that there was reflect on the product and helps grow.
0: Yeah. Do you have? Is it three per loca? Three full-timers per location, or three in total that are shared? Great.
1: Yeah, three in total. So we have um, two at our Portland location and one wow. at our our uh, secondary location in Augusta.
0: How long have they been around? Do you happen to know off the top of your head how long these guys have been around?
1: How long have they been uh, coaches? Uh, yeah, are they long term. Uh, yeah, so I've had uh, my longest tenured coach has been with me for nine years. Ooh, good um, work. Yeah, my 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 second one has been there for I want to say six years, and then the other has what came with the purchase of the Augusta gym. She actually uh I had a, I sat down with her and said I would only buy the gym if she stuck around. So oh, she's that good. Uh, so she yeah. So she uh she's been with me since twenty nineteen. So was that okay so that's now?
0: yeah so you've got like huge continuity with your most important people, which mm-hmm. listeners think about that. Like if your business, let's say you listener, stepped out of your gym and handed it off to a staff member, what would happen? What if that staff member was a nine-year staff member who was making a career that wanted to be a part of that business and grow it and keep it strong? What would happen versus if you step back and that person was maybe just kind of not that interested in it because they're not making any money and doesn't really care? Things are difficult. So staff retention is a huge one. Uh Nick, what's next for you? You've built your building. Are you in a situation here where you're just kind of kind of stabilize, get your stuff together and kind of move forward? Or do you have any more plans on the uh, horizon?
1: Gym-related or... Just Whatever, like. <laughs> everything.
0: Because like once you get to that level, I mean, things start to change. Where I talk to gym owners, they're like, "Oh, you know what? I'm buying Airbnb in Fiji or something like that." So, like, what's what's kind of what's the next step for you as an entrepreneur? We'll call it.
1: So, so I've um actually been along the way, um, been dabbling in real estate for a while now, uh-huh. um, and so the gym purchase kind of came along with that. So we um we actually managed quite a few properties, and uh, now the the next immediate phase is is i'll actually be GCing the the work within the building um that we purchased so i will be doing a build out of four residential units that sit above a crossfit gym so updating those getting the building um, repositioned so that it's cash flowing and then after that i think uh i was going to sit back and and kind of see uh which direction I want to take it in? Do I want to purchase another gym? Do I want to, you know, go all in on real estate? I, I really am in at Kind of a every now and again, you hit those points in your journeys when you get a little comfortable, yeah. and I think uh, it's like now it's like all right, I need to put a little bit more stress on my plate to, you know, propel me forward. Oh, so, uh,
0: doing general we'll contracting for residential units will definitely put that stress on your plate for a bit.
1: <laughs> I I think it's fun. You know, it's a it's a you know, y- use the use your hands, get a little dirty. Sure. Um, and uh, make something out of uh, it's, it's pretty rough right now. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun little project.
0: I got to ask this question. How do you deal with noise with residential units above a CrossFit gym? That's a, I've got to know.
1: Yeah. So fortunately how it's set up right now, the uh, there it's, it's kind of built in a way that it, there's a buffer between the two anyway. So, Uh um, and I, I, I'm going to be very tactful in regards to how I, I, you know, put insulation in above gym space, how I put flooring down on the uh, residential space um, and maybe putting some restrictions on the music and uh, uh, while, while uh, during certain hours. But mm-hmm. luckily, I guess if I'm controlling the uh, the business that's below the residential, I can have a little bit more say over that, but we'll make it work out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's be- interesting because I and I, Chris Cooper and I worked on an article way back in the day about uh, a gym. I believe it was Manhattan where they had uh, the gym was on the main floor and there were condos above, and mm-hmm. they weren't owned by the same person. Things are a little weird, so I'm super curious about that. So yeah. yeah, you can definitely kind of make that work, uh, but yeah. again, that's kind of the forward thinking stuff that gym owners can do now based on you know the mistakes that the rest was made in the past. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it'll, it'll be challenging. And obviously when you're renting them out, you're going to disclose that, you know, Hey, you're living above a gym and it, it is what it is.
0: Yep. Oh, uh, uh, that's cool. Well, Nick, yeah. thank you so much for sharing all this. The The lesson to take from this, listeners is steady progress, do something every day to grow your business, keep doing it, make sure it's going the way you want it to, and then slowly move forward and pursue other stuff. Nick, thanks so much for being here and sharing that with us.
1: Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun.
0: That was Nick Beal. This is Run a Profitable Gym. This is where the world's best gym owners tell you exactly what they're doing so that you can have the same success. Subscribe on the way out. Do yourself a favor. We're going to share more tips and help you move your business forward every single week. And here's a final message from Chris Cooper. Hey, it's Two Brain founder Chris Cooper with a quick note. We created the Gym Owners United Facebook group to help you run a profitable gym. Thousands of gym owners just like you have already joined. In the group, we share sound advice about the business of fitness every day. I answer questions, I run free webinars, and I give away all kinds of great resources to help you grow your gym. I'd love to have you in that group. It's Gym Owners United on Facebook or go to gymownersunited.com to join. Do it today.